Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recently, I had someone reach out and say that they listened to the All About Attachment episode, which happens to be one of the most listened to episodes of the podcast. So if you haven't checked it out, you should do so. I'm not going to should you, but I just did. Um, And they were saying, you know, they wanted to know more about the attachment styles and how to manage, you know, what you realize about your attachment style and your attachment fears to have really fulfilling relationships. So today I will start with anxious attachment, okay? And I will take an episode, maybe a week or so, to kind of dive into each attachment style and share more about it as well as how to manage it, okay? So as we mentioned before, if you didn't listen to the All About Attachment episode, here's a synopsis. There are four attachment styles and attachment is your attachment style is the way that you learn to trust the world, the way that you form bonds with people based on your early life experiences. Okay. And that shapes that pretty much lays the groundwork for the way that you attach all the way through adulthood and the rest of your life. Those four attachment styles are secure, anxious, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Forgive me. Secure, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Now, all of these attachments styles have to do with basic fears and needs, okay? There's a fear of abandonment. There's fear of rejection and judgment. There's fear of not being blank enough. You get to fill in the blank with whatever it is. And there's also fear of failure. So, If you have one of these fears that predominantly gets in the way of your ability to connect, then it's going to show up in your attachment style, okay? And there's basic needs that go with those fears. So if someone fears abandonment, someone wants, what they need is to feel like nobody's going anywhere, to feel like someone is loyal and going to stick around. The, the need when it comes to rejection and judgment is that you're acceptable, you know, as you are. The need for someone who experiences not being blank enough is the opposite of that, being enough as you are. And then the last one, fear of failure, the need is to feel successful, okay? And so that's just a quick um, review on what attachment styles are and how they occur. Now, you can definitely do your own research, please do, um, on Bowlby, on um, Ainsworth, who did the original. Those two had done the original research, first Bowlby, then Ainsworth, and so many other people after that. There's so many books to be able to refer to. Now, specifically, anxious attachment style or anxious attachment in relationships refers to anxiety experienced about your relationships with significant others, 
okay? Including parents, friends, and partners. This is not just with anyone. You may not get anxious when it's a stranger because you don't care. You're not tied up. They're not going to trigger um, an attachment fear, so that anxiety may not show up in relationships that aren't deep. But it shows up for significant relationships, okay? Including parents, friends, and partners. Attachment anxiety generally stems from your childhood, like I mentioned. Your experiences but can persist into adulthood and negatively affect all relationships if not properly addressed. So if it goes unchecked, it has the potential to really affect your relationships and then start bleeding into um, those those relationships that are not as significant. It'll start bleeding into work with your coworkers and with your boss and things like that. And so what we want to do is be able to get it on our radar, become aware of its its influence in our lives so that we can manage it. Okay. So what causes insecure, anxious attachment, right, is a lack of attunement or misattunement from a parent or primary caregiver resulting in an insecure attachment developing in the relationship with their child. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be that someone grew up in an abusive home. It doesn't mean that it has to be someone was neglected or harmed. It just means that there was a misattunement. There was a misalignment. Things got misinterpreted or um, misconstrued, and we perceived that there was a gap between me and the caregiver, between you and the caregiver, okay? So that's how that's generally how it occurs and and definitely you can do your own research to to make sure that you understand it fully, okay? So someone who's anxiously attached or anxious preoccupied, right, is going to be nervous and stressed about their relationships. Someone who's anxiously attached is going to need constant reassurance, affection from their partner and their caregivers, and typically have trouble being alone or single, okay? And sometimes someone who's anxious preoccupied will end up succumbing, kind of giving into unhealthy relationships or abusive relationships at times because it's almost better to have someone than not to not, Okay. And so even though they have anxious attachment style, they still have trouble trusting people even if they're close to them. And so this is the this is what makes it really challenging is because you want to be close, but you don't trust that being close is okay or that it's possible or that it's real. And so it it kind of sends you these mixed signals that you can be really uncomfortable, frustrating, annoying to you and your partner, okay? So it's really, really, really necessary to understand where you fall because when we don't know what our attachment style is, it turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy. For someone who's anxious, preoccupied, they are going to pretty much create the scenario in which the thing that they fear occurs. And I think I mentioned it in the, the previous podcast that it's like, that's so Raven. She sees the future, doesn't like it. In order to change it, she tries to do all these things, but trying to change the future is what makes the reality occur, which is the thing that she doesn't want. When we're anxiously attached, we don't want to get left. We don't want to be judged or rejected. 
We don't want to be failures. We don't want to be not enough. So we try to overcompensate and do all these things. And we reach out and we reach out and we call and we FaceTime and we show up and we say, hey, what are you doing? And we we become needy. And there's not it's not that being needy is bad, but that there is a balance that has to be struck where your needs are being met as well as the other person's needs. And that it's not because it's not because of the of the attachment fear but that it's genuinely just where you're at and what you need at the time, if that makes sense. So for someone that's securely attached, right, this is what they might say to themselves, or this might be their slogan. Being close is easy, okay? For someone who's anxiously preoccupied, it might be like, I want to be emotionally intimate with people, but they don't want to be with me. So I want them more than they want me, is anxiously preoccupied dismissive avoidant might sound like I'd rather not depend on others or have others depend on me right there's that separation and then someone who's fearful avoidant might say I want to be close but what if I get hurt you might need to rewind that and go listen to that a couple times okay I'm gonna let you do that take some notes while you're listening but understanding where you fall and Where your partner may fall, you might just want to ask them, that's one of the tips coming up, is going to help to set you up for success in being able to avoid getting into this negative cycle of interacting with each other that creates the future that you don't want to occur, which is not being together, which is not being satisfied, which is not being happy, okay? So let's start in with the tips. Hopefully that's enough information to go off of. And today we're talking strictly about anxiously attached, anxious, preoccupied individuals. This first tip kind of goes for any attachment style. Getting to know your attachment pattern um, by reading up on attachment theory. So if this seems like it resonates with you, then start doing some research, like I said. There are some books out there. There's a book called Attached. There's a book called Your Brain on Love. There's a book called Hold Me Tight, I think is the one something like that, Um, and start reading up on attachment theory. There's quizzes that you can take. There's stuff that you and your partner can do. You and your partner can both take the quiz to understand um, what your attachment style is and, you know, find some tips and tricks in that way. So awareness is key. Knowing what it is, learning about it helps to, you know, take some of that power away from it and what keeps you from being able to connect genuinely in your relationship. So that's the first tip. Get to know your attachment pattern inside out and then be able to recognize it within yourself. That's going to take some time because you're going to have to really practice awareness and observation of the things that you think about and the way that you act with your partner. And when do you feel triggered? And what words did they say that made you want to fight, flight, or freeze? So That's going to be a great place to start. The next tip is that if you don't have a therapist, then get one. And preferably, if you know attachment style is what is... um, what theory would be helpful for you, it resonates with you, then ask your therapist that you already have or the new one if they know anything about attachment, which they should. And um, if they're an expert in it, you can look and seek out an attachment therapist to work with, okay? Because they're going to be able to speak your language and help you work on managing that attachment style, okay? You can also, next tip, seek out secure 
partners, partners that have a secure attachment style. Now, it's not like they're going to be wearing a T-shirt that's like, hey, girl, I, I have a secure attachment style. No, but there's going to be ways of being that are indicated in their behavior that would lead you to know, to think, to assume that they might be securely attached, okay? So that would be helpful to to look into attachment style in general so that you're able to identify someone whose attachment style is secure, okay? And if you don't date someone or if you aren't if you aren't seeking out someone who has a secure attachment, you're already in a relationship, let's say, that's cool. It ain't the end of the world. The tip is to go to couples therapy, okay? So you can do a book club between you and your partner and both be listening to your brain on love or you can read attached one chapter at a time and debrief on it and things like that. So therapy isn't absolutely necessary, but it's like when you could go to the gym and work out by yourself, or you could get a personal trainer and they could potentially accelerate your progress. So you can go to Barnes and Noble. Well, you can order online. (laughs) You can order online and get some books to read at home, watch some videos on YouTube. There's a video called uh, Relationships Are Hard by Stan Tatkin, who was the author of Your Brain on Love. And you can talk about these things on your own as a couple. However, to work with a therapist is having a personal trainer for your relationship. It's putting your relationship through boot camp. So that is also an option for you and your partner. If you're finding that you're having some roadblocks and hitting some hitting some walls in your relationship. The last thing is practice. Practice makes progress. Attachment is all about fears and needs. So what do we do when we fear something? There's something called exposure therapy. Now, we don't want to expose ourselves to to abusive or unproductive, unhealthy situations or relationships. But if we have an attachment fear that our, our partner can kind of help us work through that fear so that it doesn't have so much of a, of a hold on us, then we can kind of expose ourselves over time and that fear can kind of dull down and, and get a little bit lesser, especially when you have a supportive partner that can hold space for you and, and they can respond and react in a way that promotes a really healthy, positive cycle in your relationship. And so practice makes progress. And that only happens when you've raised your awareness to know what's going on. And you can observe what the triggers are, identify them, and create a system and support for your ability to work on flipping that cycle in your favor. Okay, so I hope that this helps to dive a little bit more into today, anxious preoccupied attachment. Stay tuned because I'm going to talk about the other three as well and dive into those topics on how to manage your attachment style. Just because you are dealing with attachment doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're broken. Nothing needs to be fixed. But maybe, you know, you're trying to find ways to manage your attachment so that it doesn't get in your way. Okay. With that, I want to say thank you for listening. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're finding this helpful. I want to give a shout out to Shameless Shani who left a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She said, this show's very insightful. As I listened to the episodes, I had a lot of aha moments. To sense perspective and analogies forces a listener to evaluate, access, and apply. 
Perfectionism is one of my faves, as I personally struggle with being a perfectionist. Shameless Shawnee, you know I love your podcast. You know I love you. I appreciate your support. And just like all the rest of the gems, I will chat with you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.